Good evening and welcome to another episode of The Caption Life, a podcast about how comics and pop culture impact life and society, and vice versa. Coming to you from the hidden basement in a lavish country manor outside of Houston, Texas, I'm Kevin. And straight from Indianapolis, home of the Indy 500, I am Sean. And before we get started with this episode, please hit that subscribe button on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on. And follow us on social media under the handle at Caption Life on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Reddit. And you can also find out more information about us and past episodes on our website at thecaptionedlife.com. I'm uh, I'm hoping that my intro gave it away, uh, maybe just a hint a little bit about what we're going to be talking about on this episode, mm-hmm. uh, but who else lives in, or who else hangs out in uh, the hidden basement of a lavish country manor than, <laughs> than Batman? <laughs> well, uh, the X-Men. That's true. <laughs> I guess I didn't think that through. As Madden would say, apparently, I mean, if you had done your research. Hey, we'll have another episode. We talk about the X-Men, but today we're talking about Batman. Yep. 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 <laughs> so Batman is one of the godfathers of comic book superheroes, mm-hmm. and he's one of the most popular literary and film characters of all time. And so on this episode of the Caption Life podcast, we are going to give him his day, although his day was back in September. Yeah. <laughs> Which, I mean, if, if we had planned it right. We could have uh, done that. Right. But, I mean, we had a, some really good guests that we really wanted to get out there and everything. So That's we true. thought that was more important because we could celebrate Batman whenever we want, you know, even though he has the day. It's not like we don't, you know. Right. And when Batman's <laughs> like Batman's like a cockroach, he lurks, he lurks in the shadows. And when all of us are gone, he'll still be around. <laughs> yep. That's exactly right. Hey, uh, so to start off this episode, I thought I could give everybody some uh, random facts about Batman. So um, I'm just going to list off some facts I did uh, when I was kind of doing some quick research about, you know, just interesting things that people may or may not know about Batman and uh, uh, the character that surrounds him. Okay, um, sweet. So the first one is, you know, that Batman is currently known for his no kill policy and his no gun policy where he does not kill any villains right uh, that is correct he actually used to kill people when he was first created oh really yes he he killed the joker in the very first issue <laughs> oh, like the, the very first time that the joker appears he kills him yeah i think the joker showed up in issue one and oh, Batman okay. killed him um he did have a gun he like killed people by kicking them in the neck and snapping their neck. He hung, oh, wow. so, he hanged somebody from a plane. And, uh, and people today talk about how comics are too dark. <laughs> that was 1939. Yes. Like yes. the world was a terrible place at the time because of the great depression. And mm-hmm. like we were at the prefaces of, of world war two yep. and Batman was just snapping people's necks. Yep. Yeah. Well, and, and I'm sure that, you know, violence, you know, back then wasn't like, you know, uncommon. Mm hmm back then either you know so maybe maybe the problem today isn't batman maybe that's just we've been saturated with it from so many other places right <laughs> maybe we're even desensitized to batman right yeah it could be so um another random fact is that there's actually a course taught at the university of victoria in canada called the science of batman did you know that? No, I did not. Yeah. So apparently this person, E. Paul Zare, and I think I'm pronouncing his name right, um, Z-E-H-R, uh, teaches a class um, from the, I think the physics department or a science department. So it's not like a um, like a liter- like a literature course that talks mm-hmm. about the science. This is actually taught from a scientific point of view uh, where he talks about how the science of the person Batman and superheroes in general actually would work in real life and everything. So if you ever wanted Mm -hmm. to take a course about learning how Batman and what he can do is something that you can actually do in real life, you would take that course up in Canada. So that's cool. I know that there are courses or there are people who've written books and teach about like the psychology of Batman um, Mm -hmm. and like other characters, like the psychology of Wolverine and whatnot. Um, Those both, both of them are like tormented classically tormented uh characters um but but you know it it makes sense yeah oh yeah well and you know i'm sure it's a very popular course as well too and and i think it's you know it's something that we talked about as well too on this show is is especially with star trek and a lot of the science fiction which i mean comics definitely falls falls Mm -hmm. under science fiction is that 
it's the intertwine between reality and fiction and that fiction can inspire reality and vice versa. And I think this course would be a really great example of that. It's, it's what like, we talk about on this podcast. I know, right? It's sick, like intentional. Sick, like twist, bro. Right. right. <laughs> Um, in 1996, Marvel and DC actually had a crossover where Batman and Wolverine was merged. Have you heard about this? This I actually just talked about this with uh, with Madden earlier today about Dark Claw. Yes, that's who it yeah. is. You remember what the uh, the character's name was? His his human name, non hero name? Oh no, I don't. Logan Wayne. Okay. <laughs> Makes sense. Yes. But yes, yeah, Dark Claw. So it's Batman costume with the claws and everything like that. So it's like, I need to try to see if I can track that down and find it somewhere. I would yeah. love to read that. Madden, Madden brought it up when he was trying to um, like use a big fancy word. He was trying to use amalgamum. <laughs> As as a word, and he he used it wrong, and then I was like, "No, that means when you combine two things." And he was like, "Oh, you mean like like Wolverine and and Batman when they make Dark Claw?" And I was like, "Exactly. <laughs> I have taught you well, young Padawan." <laughs> nice. That, that's a deep cut for a twelve year old. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, this fact, you, I know you know because we talked about this on the show before, and, okay. and probably a lot of people know, but I think it's something that we definitely need to discuss more and talk about more and make sure that people are aware of this, especially mm-hmm. when we watch some of the older shows and movies of Batman. So Bob Kane is the attributed uh, creator of Batman. Um, but until recently, we did not know, or at least they didn't give attribution to his partner, Bill Finger, who mm-hmm. actually illustrated the foundation of what we know as Batman. So I think people might initially think like, well, you know, maybe he just kind of like helped with it. No, like apparently Bob Kane kind of gave the general idea and had like a sketch. But Bill mm-hmm. Finger actually redrew Batman to what we know him as today. So I yeah, guess he Bob was Kane's instrumental version, in the process. Exactly. Bob Kane's version was a little bit hokey. I guess if, we, if uh-huh. you saw that, you're just like, oh, that's kind of a, a weird look for it. Um, but Bill Finger drew what Batman would look like. He's the one that came up with Gotham City um, and named him Bruce Wayne. So he actually created a lot of what we know about the foundation of Batman. But um, until recently, we didn't know that was uh, that he had a role in that until um, I forget who the guy was. But there's a documentary called the Batman and Bill. I think. Yeah. So actually, I was going to mention that like we're, we'll talk about the different versions of Batman. But by, by far, my mm-hmm. favorite Batman movie is is Batman and Bill. It's a documentary um, from author Mark Tyler Nobleman. And it's on That's Hulu. That's right, yes. It's, it's a Hulu documentary. You can go on Hulu and you can watch it anytime. Yep. It's a phenomenal piece of like comics history and storytelling. Yes. Um, and if you love the character Batman, it's essential um, like must watch. Yes, and, and and you'll you'll notice in future DC movies now you'll mm-hmm. see that Bill He's Finger's credited. name yes gets so, credit along with Bob Kane for the true story. Of and I may have mentioned this before that before the movie came out, before Batman and Bill came out, when he was promoting his book, he was Mark Tyler Nobleman was doing a like school tour, mm-hmm. and he came and spoke at the library on my campus and. People afterwards like, oh, we should have come got you. This guy was here talking about Batman and the secret history of Bill Finger. And I was like, why didn't you come get me? Like, <laughs> like you had this thought now, like after he's gone. Right. Like yeah. I'm the resident expert. Like, I wouldn't say maybe not in not in like like my school, but maybe the entire school district. Right. For like like comics nerddom, like yeah, you definitely should have contacted me. We can't be friends anymore <laughs> if, if I'm going to be an afterthought like that. Right? <laughs> I was hurt. I was hurt. Um, next random fact: the name Gotham City was randomly selected from a phone book. So Uh-oh. Bill Finger was going through. I think it was Bill Finger. He kept saying like the illustrator or the creator. So I'm assuming it's Bill Finger since we know that he's the one that came with Gotham. But I guess he just randomly opened up a phone book, put his finger on a page, and it landed on a company called Gotham Jewelers. And so that's where he got the name from. I got two things to yeah. add to that. Okay. So number one is it sounds like Bill Finger um, wrote the first issue of, of Batman the same way that I wrote the Mad Lib that we're going to play later. <laughs> and then secondly, uh, which I've always suspected that there was like a formula that you could just plug stuff into mm-hmm. <laughs> for superhero stories. And <laughs> we're going to get to that. I had a lot of fun doing that. But we're going to get to that. Secondly, the word Gotham, and this is from the New York Public Library.org. 
mm-hmm. uh, nypl.org. The name Gotham actually dates back to medieval England. And right. English proverbs tell of a village called Gotham or Gotham, mm-hmm. which means goat's town in Anglo-Saxon. Oh. And folk tales, folk tales of the Middle Ages make Gotham out to be a village of simple-minded fools, perhaps because <laughs> the goat is considered a foolish animal. <laughs> So, but that's not the reason why it was picked. <laughs> no, no, no. But like, it seems like that that Batman protects a, a herd of goats, right? He's <laughs> he's the shepherd in the darkness. He's Batman, right? <laughs> now we just need a uh, a, a uh, multiverse where there's a goat Batman. Mm-hmm. There's a goat Batman. Yeah, goat, and he's goat Batman. Bat goat man. <laughs> he sings like the beginning of the song instead of bum 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 bum. It's up on the hill lived a lonely goat herder. Yodelay. I always think it more of like the screaming goats like dum bum bum. Next random fact. So. You and I are both fans of Superman. I know you have yeah. a special place in heart for Superman, and, and I do too for different reasons. But did you know that Bruce Wayne actually owns the Daily Planet? Oh, I didn't know that. Yes, apparently Wayne Entertainment owns Daily Planet, which makes sense because if you learn about Batman and Justice League, like mm-hmm. Batman is, you know, again, uh, borderline socio psychopath. Oh yes, he just happens to be fighting for good, right? But uh, he comes up with ways on how to stop everybody in Justice League in case they ever go rogue or go evil. So this actually would make sense that he would buy Daily Planet so he can probably you know have easier access to Clark Kent and his world, basically, right? Yeah, it, it reminds me of the scene at the end of. Um the Justice League movie where he's like, oh, thanks for getting the house back. Or how'd you do that? And he's like, oh, I bought the bank. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's a bit of overkill, Bruce Wayne. Like, the bank probably cost hundreds of millions or maybe even billions of dollars. The loan on that house was probably a few hundred thousand <laughs> at most. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, in, in his world, it probably was easier just to buy it than to have yeah. to go through multiple people just to get that. Right. Yeah. He's like, why hire an uh, why hire a real estate agent when I could just go to the top? <laughs> right. Hey, his superpower is that he's rich. So that's right. <laughs> and then the last fact, and apparently an economist did the math to figure this out. To be Batman, to have the Batcave, the Batmobile, all the suits and all the gadgets that Batman would have, just that alone, okay, it would cost you three hundred million dollars. To have those things. Okay. And that is not including like the other stuff that goes along with being Bruce Wayne. So if you think about how rich he is, like he has just $300 million dedicated to fighting crime outside of his personal life there. So, yeah. Well, you know, he could always do like the Cowboys of the Old West would like sell their exploits for like the, the dime novels. Like he yeah. obviously Batman really sells, so he could just sell his exploit for comics mm-hmm. and movies and make that back in no time. Right. I mean, the, yeah. the Dark Knight franchise grossed well over a billion dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, so it like well, hey. that's how um, that's how Jack Nicholson made his money off of Batman 1989 mm-hmm. is that he actually instead of taking a salary, he said that he won one percent of the profits, including mm-hmm. merchandise. And I think he made like almost $50 like 60, million. Dollars. Yeah, so, something like adjusted for inflation. It's it's so much more money now. Yeah. yeah. So it was a smart move on Jack Nicholson's part. Yep. <laughs> so those are your random Batman facts for this episode. Those are some good Batman facts. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's not that's that's good stuff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do you remember? Do you remember how it was that you were first introduced to, to Batman? We probably have a similar background. Yeah, uh, well, I'm sure it is. Uh, 1989, the oh. Tim Burton, Michael Keaton movie. Okay, so it's slightly oh, different. <laughs> For me, it's... Batman! Yeah. Which I, I grew up watching that show, uh-huh. but I think I started watching that after... I got introduced to Batman from the Tim Burton, Michael Keaton movie. Okay. So, yeah, um, I, I kind of remember... Back when when I was a youngster, like I guess at that point it was um, like re- syndicated reruns, mm-hmm. kind of like Gilligan's Island, right? And you had the TV with the two knobs, 
Yes. Like if you could get the the, the, the UHF channels. the, oh, the UHF yes, yeah. channel, <laughs> yeah. you could get that one. And they played a lot of the Batman reruns. So as a kid, yep. uh, I loved I loved that um, that show as, as a wee youngster. Yes. Um, and then of course, like when when Batman. Uh, 1989 came out it was that was it was a game it was a game changer Mm -hmm. um i do kind of remember the controversy surrounding like what people were expecting and how different batman was because for the like the average fan that was a much darker version of the of the caped crusader Mm -hmm. um much much darker so than the than the show that predated it by 20 years right and and the the movie based off of the 1966 show as well too. Right. Yeah. Well, and and there was a lot of controversy about how um, people didn't think Michael Keaton was going to be a good Bruce Wayne Batman, but then Mm -hmm. when it came out, made a lot of money and people were convinced. And and I think it, it it was unfounded because at the time Michael Keaton was really known to be a comedic actor Mm -hmm. and he hadn't done a whole lot of serious stuff. And I think that's what people were worried about is that it was going to be, you know, kind of like this weird, goofy movie, but um, well, yeah, a very pre- serious movie. Like previously, the previous film that Tim Burton and, and he did together um, was Beetlejuice. Mm-hmm. And uh, we should do a podcast on this topic <laughs> at some point. Yeah. Like movies that people like that you that I just don't get or we we just don't get. Beetlejuice is one of them. It's a beloved cult classic movie. Right. And. I Madden and I watched it on the plane back from Indiana when we came to visit you uh-huh. in July, and it's it's one it's very short. It's much shorter than I thought it was. It's like eighty something minutes long. Right. And number two, it seems like there are whole chunks of the plot that were like completely left out of it. <laughs> um, and and Michael Keaton plays the title character who mm-hmm. doesn't show up until halfway through the movie, and right. he's really a supporting character. Like at at best, right? Yep. And um, I would have if I was a movie exec at the time, I would have been freaked out that this is who you <laughs> wanted to play, Batman. Right, right. And I think that's how a lot of people felt. And you know, thankfully they they were proven wrong. And now it's like everybody's like you know Michael Keaton's like one of the best Batman that we've had. You know, yeah. They're, so. And they're clamoring for his return in the Flash movie. People yes. are super excited about that. Yes. Which, by the way, I really hope. I don't know if they'll do this, but I'm really hoping that in the Flash movie, when they bring Michael Keaton back as Bruce Wayne, that they're setting up for him to potentially be a mentor for Terry McGinnis, who plays mm-hmm. Batman in the Batman Beyond animated series. We'll get, so. a, we'll get a Batman Beyond. I hope so. I love that. I love that show. I thought it was just a great show. So Hopefully we won't get the Batman Beyond where where Batman is really Terry's father like they they can omit oh, that part for, we've yeah <laughs> we discussed that on a previous episode of the podcast we like that was that's so convoluted we don't need that we don't yeah. need that in our bad lives that must have been a comic though because i don't think that's how it was in the, in the cartoon show unless they like retconned it because i think in the first episode oh you, you know what i'm thinking i'm i'm wrong i'm sorry okay uh, it was <laughs> it wasn't a comic this was another conversation that i had with my with my other um, super dur- dorky life partner, and that's Madden. Um, but he was telling me that that Bruce was um, really Terry's father, and it was like some some convoluted storyline that Amanda Waller used um, Batman's DNA to to create a clone. And yeah, it's it's complicated. I yeah. hope it's not. I hope it's not really canon. Right. Um, but because the dynamic that the two had on the on the animated show was good, right. I don't think we need to ruin it by like, surprise, I'm your secret dad. Right. Yeah. No, I think yeah, I, I agree. So but yeah, I, I know that's how I got introduced to Batman was nineteen eighty nine Batman. And I remember that vividly because I remember there's a scene in that movie where Batman takes like the two villains and headbutts them. Mm-hmm. And I remember as a kid, like, you know, it, it was a really cool scene how they set that up. Like it was, I think it was, it made it in the trailer too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember as a kindergartner on the playground, I, I would, we would pretend to play like Batman superheroes. I would pretend to be Batman and I would do that to some of my friends. <laughs> and you were like in second grade, you were already five one. So you towered <laughs> over the top of them. I, yeah, and you I would just smashing skulls out on the playground between, yes. between tetherball and, 
and, and slide time. Yeah, yeah. So I, I I only did that once, but I remember I got in trouble for it, and I felt bad about that and everything because I was just like, it looks so cool. The movie, I didn't really think about how it would be painful. <laughs> and you grew up, you grew up to be Bane. So <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> weird twist. Yep. So 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 you were introduced with the 1966 TV series. Yes, but. Uh, but we, and we've talked about our, the, like, I guess the late, the, the golden age of the late eighties when it came to these movies with Superman four and, and Batman mm-hmm. and whatnot, but it was definitely a big part of, um, it was definitely a big part of like what made me a, a comic book and superhero fan, mm-hmm. uh, when I was a kid, I will say that I'm probably, uh, I've got a lighthearted soul. So Batman has not, uh, always been my jam and I don't think mm-hmm. it was, in 1989, I was like, oh, yeah, that's cool. It's Batman. But it's kind of dark, especially for like at the time I was seven. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know that it had like a, a like a huge impact on me. But Batman as a character, like it, like as I grew up, I do love reading the, the Batman stories, especially um, when he's like the detective Batman. Right. And then, of course, the mid 90s, like the 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 best Batman, the mid 90s um, animated Batman, the animated series was just uh, to me like like it was just the best version uh, mm-hmm. of of the of. Well, I guess it's the Batman that I liked the most. I mean, you can argue <laughs> what the best version is, but like to me, it, it's iconic. Yeah. Yeah. But like I, I don't like that. They tried to put this man with no superpowers in charge of saving the world. That's BS. Okay. <laughs> Give him small scale stakes. That's why the Dark Knight trilogy is so good. The right. stakes are uh, are a lot lower. The the impact of him is 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 not much more than like Gotham. Like it's it's he's got to save Gotham. Right. When ba- Batman is as, as is at his best when he's trying to save Gotham. Mm-hmm. Um we don't need him trying to to save the world entirely. <laughs> Although I mean, you know, there he's an intellectual genius, so it makes sense why they would uh, he would do that. And, and, and what's really weird is like he's almost like an antihero, no. almost. Yeah, I'm gonna stop. <laughs> I'm gonna stop you. Like if Clark Kent is like, like, hey, I've got to go save the world. I'll be back later. That's fine. He should not call Batman. You want to help out on this? He needs to call Batman. He's like, hey, man, I'm stuck on this Sudoku puzzle. Okay, <laughs> if he's that smart. But- but he Batman is a strategist, though. Like that's the thing. Like Superman, I've never seen a story where he is like thinking ahead so much that he's like a strategist, right? Okay, like he, just, he is the muscle. He just punches his way out of it. He does. I mean, he is like indestructible, right? And but he's but I've never seen him where he comes up with this grand plan. Whereas with Batman, he's always like five steps ahead, yeah, of everything. Yeah. You know, so like I think. He, they need him because he's the one that can strategize and make things happen. Whereas Superman's like is more of the muscle. Yes, and, I, and I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm playing devil's advocate because <laughs> I, I love it. I love it when the two of them team up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, I am. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. Like the the animated series, though, I think it just ends up being iconic because it does a lot of things. Like when you watch the series, it emulates the Tim Burton's uh, Batman universe because. Mm-hmm. The Tim Burton movie, Batman, Batman Returns, has this mm-hmm. really interesting dynamic where there's a lot of like influences from the 1930s and 1940s in terms of style. Yeah, like the Art Deco style. Right. Yeah. And it and it seems like, you know, it almost has a gothic tie into mm-hmm. it where it, it combines a lot of different styles that works really well. And the animated series like kept to that to the point of like the art that's drawn is very reflective mm-hmm. of that. The yeah, music the cars. I, yeah. The cars. the cars look mid century mm-hmm. um, cars and the music is very much the same. It's the same Danny Elfman, um, the theme, the boom, 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 boom. Right. Bum, exactly. Yeah. And so, and I think everybody, you know, when they think about Batman, they can't not think about the animated series because it's just done so much for that universe. I'm it, disappointed every time I watch a Batman movie now where they don't try to work that, that, <laughs> that angle in. in. Yeah. That's just the song. Oh, just, just play the song. It as part, just to play it as part of the, as the part of the score. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, um, I think what, you know, what's really fascinating about the animated series is that it gave us one of the iconic characters that we have now that wasn't in the comics. That's correct. That is Harley Quinn. Sweet. And so I think that's what's really fascinating is that this is something that someone came up with that wasn't part of the comics. And now it's like 
you know, people can't imagine a world of Batman without Harley Quinn in it, you know? So I think it, it tells you a lot about the success of that show that we have now an iconic uh, character that shows up in multiple DC movies and Mm -hmm. comics and, and has her own line of comics and things like that now too. So, Mm -hmm. so I, we kind of hinted at, um, I, you know, I kind of hinted at like what my favorite Batman is. Um, Mm -hmm. but let's, let's talk, let's talk favorite Batman stuff. Um, yeah. I mentioned the movie Batman and Bill um, was my favorite Batman movie, but what is your, what is your favorite film or, well, first let's do, let's do this. We, we asked people on Reddit some of these questions too, right? Right. So we'll talk about, we'll talk about ours and we'll, we'll see what the, um, the masses came back with too. Right. Yeah. So, but first, what is your favorite uh, film TV version of Batman? Um, gosh, you know, it's really hard. I, I'll have to say it comes down to two. Okay. For two different reasons. Uh, one is, and I'm sure you know, this has a lot of different feelings. But the Dark Knight, I thought, was probably a, one of the greatest Batman movies that's been made mm-hmm. for a number of reasons. Like I know everyone will point to Heath Ledger as a Joker was just so great, and and I will mm-hmm. say that is definitely true. And I would add on to that that I think what was really interesting is not just Heath Ledger's uh, character, but the writing of it is that. I remember watching that movie. I was like, you know, this is something that could actually happen in real life. It's not like a superhero movie where like, you know, there's these things that are happening. That's like, Oh, it's really cool. But you know, it'd be really difficult to pull off in real life. Like that whole movie, you're just watching it. You're just like, this is stuff that somebody, if they went maniacal enough could actually do in real life. And so I thought it was just really an interesting approach to the uh, characters in the movie that it was something that you could really relate to and almost like kind of, get you worried and stay up at night because you're just like, mm-hmm. what if, you know, this did happen, you know? But I thought they did a really good job of writing it. There was a lot of great mystery. I think they really kept to the characters really well. Um, so I love that movie. But the other one that's really up there as well, too, is Batman Mask of the Phantasm. Okay, yeah. And so, like, I was I was going to mention, the. I mean, I've already mentioned that the animated series mm-hmm. um, is my favorite. Um, and, and Mask of the Phantasm, like being an offshoot of that, or right. I guess an official, uh, film release from the, from the same continuity. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, that is, it's a great, great, like, uh, Batman, um, mm-hmm. story. And I, and I will say further than that, like, I think that for me, like looking back on, on all of it is, I think what sets that Batman apart for me, because you know, there are a lot, there's been a lot of people who've played Batman, Adam West, Michael Keaton, uh, Val Kilmer, um, George, George Clooney, Mm -hmm. George Clooney to me looked like the animated series (laughs) Batman, but it's always been about Kevin Conroy's voice, right? The, 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 he sounds so sophisticated, Not, not like, 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 like rich, but he sounds so, uniquely sophisticated as Bruce Wayne, right. but at the same time, so like grizzled and um, like, you know, broken darker. as yeah. darker as Batman. Darker. Yeah. yeah. I am the shadows. I am vengeance. I yeah. am the night. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, 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 what's, what's fascinating is that if you, you know, listen to his voice in the show or whenever he shows up as Bruce Wayne and Batman, mm-hmm. the voice is different. And that mm-hmm. when he's talking as Bruce Wayne, it has more of a lighter, softer voice to it. And then when he's Batman, it, it doesn't go down like a whole octave, but it does no. get lower. And so Swear I think to me. <laughs> not right, like that. No. I, I will say that like no one has pulled out the voice really well because Kristen Bale's whole, you know, gruff yeah. thing, not great. Uh, ben Affleck, even with, you know, Snyder's uh, mm-hmm. voice modulator, I didn't think was a great voice. And I'll say I'm really excited about the Batman with Robert Pattinson. Like I think I think he'll actually do a really good job. But even that scene where he says, I'm vengeance, I'm just like, it's not it doesn't have that gritty punch like Kevin Conroy no. can do, you know? Yeah, he's going to be like, hello, governor. I'm the Batman. <laughs> That's right. as best I can do. That's probably like Australian, to be honest with like, you. Like, do I dazzle you? <laughs> yeah. Batman, but with sparkles. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, but yeah, it's just um, Kevin Conroy just does a great job with the voice. And and I mean, that's why he's, you know, the the one person that has played him 
uh, in multiple shows and mm-hmm. video, video games. games. Across, and, yeah. and he even shows up as Bruce Wayne in the episode of uh, Batwoman in the uh, you know CW shows crossover. The big crossover event. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, okay, so we know our favorite film and TV versions of, of Batman. Yep. Um, do we want to go into each one of these? Do we want to go into the Reddit responses and see what, what we got? Yeah, let's, uh, let's... Did anybody disagree with us and have a valid reason? No, I think the only ones that people have said about the shows um, has been uh, someone on Reddit named Sparky Pants. That's their username. Probably a big fan of the Robert Pattinson Batman. Maybe. I am not sure. So, uh, But the person said, uh, the animated show, all day long, my favorite bats now and forever, uh, said that you know it was the greatest cartoon ever and that this person was six or seven when it first came out and just remember thinking this is the coolest thing I'd ever seen, which I think everybody thought that, right? Mm-hmm. We all loved it. Music was exciting. Action was exciting. The stories was exciting. I will say this, watching it now with my son, the first few episodes, there are some elements that you're just like, oh my gosh, this was, I don't want to say terrible, but like clearly more for younger kids because there are some scenes mm-hmm. where you're just like, like that was like a really long scene just for Batman to react <laughs> to something, you know, but as a kid, that was awesome, right? Yeah. Madden uh, actually told me the other day that he, when he watches it on like HBO Max, he looks to see who directed the episode Yeah, because... Uh, he's like Paul Dini. All the Paul Dini episodes are really good, and then it was somebody else. But like, if it's not one of those two people, he's like, yeah, I'll, I'll skip it. <laughs> nice. That's funny. He figured that out already. Yeah. Um, everything on else on TV was just so bland in comparison, and that Robin was this person's first crush too. So okay, uh, makes sense. Let's see here, and then I think that might be it. Um, in terms of favorite movie or show, you know, I, I always I always ping pong back and forth between which one is my favorite, the Batman the animated series or the X Men mm-hmm. animated series. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say it's a contributing factor to why people our age, like people like currently in um, the their late thirties to early forties, mm-hmm. are are probably nothing against the people who survived. Um, the Great Depression and the world and World War Two, like the greatest generation. But I think we're neck and neck for no other reason that like we we come from that sweet spot where like we have enough of a work ethic to make a difference. But we also were like we're setting we also knew enough about technology where we've been programming VCRs right. for like three decades when our parents our parents couldn't. Right. And we had like two, like literally like the greatest animated TV shows to watch on Saturday morning. Yep. Um, and not just like comic book, like related, like two of the best animated shows ever to watch. Right. And like, we're, we're better people for it. <laughs> True. Uh, there's one show I do want to mention that has, um, I want, I want to say honorable mention for me and it's a really new show. Um, and it's not, Batman focus, but it is a Batman world, and that's the uh, HBO Max series uh, Harley Quinn, which is an animated okay. show. Mm-hmm. Have you watched this yet? I have not gotten a chance to watch the Harley Quinn show. So it is not kid friendly at all. It's definitely okay. an adult show, but it well, is. I, my interest was peaked over the controversy about what Batman will or will not do to <laughs> right. Catwoman. Yes, but that's a little bit too mature for I think this audience. Yes, exactly. So if, if you're if you're interested. And knowing what we're talking about, uh, feel free to like send us a message on social media, and we'll yeah, we'll, we'll send you we'll, some links of of articles talking about that. But yeah. uh, this this show is just hilarious, um, and just it's just funny because what they do is they do a great job of kind of making fun of themselves in the Batman world mm-hmm. and taking like a interesting like twist. To some of the characters. So one of the characters that they have in there is Clayface is one of Harley Quinn's like friends, a part of her gang. Mm-hmm. And what's what's funny is that if you know the origin of Clayface, like he's an actor. And so they really like leaned into Clayface being an aspiring actor where he wants to be uh, like the best actor in the world. And so whenever he they asked, they're like 
setting him up for some sort of job or whatever. They're like, you need to turn into this person and, you know, distract him or whatever. It's not as simple as that for him. He always has to think of like the backstory and why he's upset with this person and yada yada. What's my motivation? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And I then, gotcha. and then Bane, I mean, I love Bane, uh, but what's really funny about this is that like the littlest thing will be an inconvenience to him. And then all of a sudden he just has like a really over the top reaction to it. So like, I think someone not, over his coffee mug by accident and then his reaction to that was i'm gonna blow up the city <laughs> that sounds a lot like me sometimes i get triggered i get triggered by the smallest things and have a massive overreaction <laughs> so what's what's uh i would probably love this show yeah oh yeah well and, and i'll give you one scene that i think will uh interest you so um there's this part or there's this episode where um Clayface, Dr. Psycho, and King Shark, um, they all get part of the uh, Legion of Doom, but they got downgraded to like as henchmen or goons. Mm -hmm. And so Bane enlists them to help him with something. And he said that we're going to kill, um, I think his name was like Dave or Todd or something like that. You find out that Dave is a coffee barista person at the Legion of Doom headquarters and Bane goes and gets like a cappuccino from him <laughs> every day but he always puts Bang as his name B-A-N-G <laughs> and Bane's always like you know my name is Bane why don't you call me Bane he's like whatever Bang <laughs> and so that's why he plots to murder him yeah so he's like <laughs> so he goes to them he's like we're gonna blow up Bane. we're gonna blow up Todd's house <laughs> That. And then you find out Joker's been paying Todd to do, to do this, this to mess with Bane. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like I would like this show a yeah. lot. Yeah, I you would, should watch it. I would it. love it's, to get in on that. It is really good. It is funny. I will watch that show over and over again. So, All right. We're, well, you've mentioned a, a few of these uh, heavy hitters mm -hmm. uh, in your in your breakdown of the Harley Quinn show. Yep. So, so tell me, who is your favorite uh, Batman villain? Uh, you know, it's... I know when we talked about this, I have a hard time. I still have a hard time with it because I think it's just there's so many that are really good for a lot of different reasons that I think it's just hard to pick one. Mm -hmm. um, but I got to say, I think I would say the one that has been the most memorable for me um, mm -hmm. has been Bane. Um, and I'll tell you why, like my history with that is that I remember vividly when I was in high school, I was at Half Price Books. And I remember I picked up um, the Nightfall comic where we first see Bane. And he's the one that's the story where you see Bane actually breaks Batman's mm -hmm. back by, you know, breaking it over his knee, basically. Right. And I remember mm -hmm. thinking, like, just that whole artwork there was really intriguing. And then I read the synopsis. I remember thinking, like, this sounds like a really good story. I never actually got around to reading it. But I just remember thinking, like, this is actually really interesting. And, like, Bane was new. Like, it wasn't the traditional ones that you saw on the 1960s show or the ones that you think of, like Joker, Riddler, Penguin, and Catwoman and all that. Um, and then, you know, when The Dark Knight Rises came out and Tom Hardy played Bane, like, it, I thought he did a, such a phenomenal job. I mean, that's why I cosplay as Bane. I mean, mm -hmm. not, not only was it simple, but I felt like it was just really a really good villain. But it's just it's been more memorable for me because of that, because it kind of stood out as a new villain that when you read about him, like he has super strength, but he's also just as uh, smart as Batman, if not a yeah. little bit more. So it's almost like he's like his equal the, in every way. So and the well-funded maniac um, thing is also like like scary in our in right. our real real world because you because you. Bane Bane could very easily be an extremist, you mm -hmm. know, that exists in in our in our society today. Right. Um I have a hard time with this question because I don't like particularly love any one villain. Right. Um I I do like the um I do like a lot of the stories where the villains the 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 rogues gallery plays a role but they're not the actual mm -hmm. um villain. Um, but I will say the one that, um, the most memorable to me in a storyline, this is not my favorite, um, comic book story. Cause we're going to talk, touch on that next, mm -hmm. um, is, is the, the court of owls and talent. Yes. yes. 
And I, that was one of the books that I read probably, I don't know, eight, 10 years ago when it, when it, um, man, 12, 2012. So it's been almost 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I first started getting back into like reading comics, the new 50, the Batman new 52 was something that I, I just picked up uh, like, just like, I guess I was like, Oh, I'll check this out. And I, I loved it. I couldn't get enough of it. Right. And I read all the way through the first three like trades like over the course of, uh, of a weekend, like I actually went back to the store and bought the, the, I guess I got the first two cause I realized they were connected, but I went and got the third one cause I just, I was consuming it so fast. Right. Um, and I, and I love that. And, and to be honest with you, that, that, the, the, um, the death of the family. And then when you circle back to, um, Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo's run, uh, the end game story with, the Joker. That's mm-hmm. by far to me, like my favorite Joker, but I, I don't really have a lot. I don't have a lot of love for any of the villains, mostly because a lot of them seem so far fetched. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like the, I like what we've done, like what they've done here in recent year where they make them a little bit more um, grounded. Right. But like one of my favorite uh, comic book stories is like the long Halloween mm-hmm. and um, and, and none of the, the villains, um, that is, that's not, a, that doesn't involve like the traditional, like rogues gallery villains. So, right. Right. Well, segue, segue, uh, let's, let's hear from the Redditors. Yeah. Yeah. So here's some of what our, uh, audience from Reddit had posted as some of their favorite villains. Uh, let's see here, which by the way, I, I have to share that when I posted the questions, one person replied, I, I, I posted the uh, the images that had the questions on there, and mm-hmm. I said, you know, we're recording our episode. We want to hear your thoughts. One person posted, nah. <laughs> so I, I thought it was great because I, 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 I said, we're definitely using this in the show now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Would have been better if he'd have been like, wait a second, you can hear our thoughts? Right, yeah. <laughs> right. But I thought that was great. And clearly, like, this person was just being funny off it. So, mm-hmm. um Let's see here. Favorite villain. This person said, uh, uh, this person is Nether Cole on Twitter. So N-E-T-H-E-R-C-O-L-E. And this person said Clayface, mostly because of Batman, the animated series and Arkham City. Not to mention the fact that he's very visually interesting. So artists have a lot of creative freedom when drawing him. And uh, I have to, I mean, I have to agree. I think, I feel like if I was an artist, like, that is something that, you know, you could always have mm-hmm. a lot of creative freedom with that and and do a great job with it. And I, I think that would be every artist's like dream is to be able to, you know, kind of right. reshape a character and it still be the essence of that person in that regard, right? So, yeah, I, I definitely agree with Nether Cole about that. So this person on Twitter is Blue Rasputin, <laughs> B-L-U-E-R-A-S-P-U-T-I-N, Um and he goes by Josh. And so Josh says that his favorite villain is probably Bane. So the same as mine. He said that he's always enjoyed the way Bane can challenge Batman. Not only mm-hmm. in strength, but in intellect. So that's what I said as well, too. And no other Batman villain has really been able to do that. So, um, yeah. But yeah, that's it. Bane is one of those villains that like seems Batman's equal in terms of like physical strength mm-hmm. and he's, he's stronger than Batman. So he can, so that makes up for ways that he may not be as smart as Batman, but here's the, here's the thing. Like um, one of the reasons why I love the animated series is because there are so many really bad and anim- uh, bad Batman villains mm-hmm. um, or Batman villains that don't make um, much sense or, or to be honest with you, don't seem um, very threatening Right, that the, the animated series made legit like bad guys out of right. Um, like I'm thinking of like um, like the the Mad Hatter and what's the the guy that has the the ventriloquist? Is it Scarface? The oh yeah, no, I don't the, think it's Scarface. Oh, gosh, the dummy. Was... Anyway, he's the, he's got he's got a dummy, mm-hmm. so he's like psycho. He only the the dummy is the bad guy. Is he just called the ventriloquist? I don't know. <laughs> but, we'll have to look that you, up. But yeah, but yeah, it yeah. seems so obscure. Yeah. yeah, but you you could. But in, I mean, think about it. You could you could see somebody snapping. Yeah, and and losing mental capacity to where they their main um, their main uh, personality exists through the puppet and right. 
the the person is 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 just a host at that point. That's right. some weird and scary stuff. Right. Um. Now, Condiment Man. Uh, there's a famous <laughs> episode of Batman the Anime Series with Condiment Man. Right. Um. There, that was a reach, but yeah. you know. Well, the, and oh, I'll the, say the, Condiment Man and Kite Man are in Harley Quinn. That's true, <laughs> and they do a great job of of that. So another reason why um, you should watch it. Yeah. You know, like the the Man Bat. Yeah, there, there's a lot of lot of like B team roster villains that were featured in the animated series. Right, that just made for for compelling stories. Right. Um, segue into stories. Mm-hmm. Your favorite uh, Batman story, and I'll, I'll go first on this, and I'll give you a chance to reflect, dig deep. Yeah, is I mentioned already that I'm that I like to read Batman, but like I like Detective Batman better. Right. Um, I also like Batman when he is. Paired with Superman, not necessarily Justice League Batman, right? Because Justice League Batman is always trying to steal the show and save the world. <laughs> and look at me, I'm smarter than everybody, and I paid for this Watchtower space station kind of stuff. <laughs> but um, Batman, uh, Public Enemies, it's actually the Superman and Batman run that Jeff Loeb and um, then uh. Ed McGinnis did, mm-hmm. and then um, the the very next next run with Michael Turner, where they introduced uh, Supergirl into that continuity. Mm-hmm. That is far and away my favorite Batman. Right. Um, I love the way that those stories juxtapose the two characters, mm-hmm. like Batman's tormented, um, tortured upbringing, which in reality Batman really just does to himself. <laughs> like he could have gotten help and gotten over his parents' death, but he chose, he wakes, like they say, I woke up and chose violence today. That's Batman. Right. <laughs> um, but you pair that with like Clark's more wholesome side. Right. And, um, and they just, they go to, they, it's like they were, like they were meant to be like the, the best tag team duo of all time. Right. And it's, it's just so well written. You were talking about how Batman is a tactician. Like my, one of my favorite, Moments in any comic of all time is in, I want to say it's number four, uh, Superman, Batman, uh, issue number four, mm-hmm. where they're trying to, um, they're trying to break into a, like a, a secure place, but they look like Superman and Batman. Um, so they get into a fight with Hawkman and Shazam mm-hmm. and, and they steal their, <laughs> their, their clothes. <laughs> and so like when they break in, they look like Hawkman and Shazam, like they're in disguise. And right. it's, um, it's just so, it's so great. I just, I love that. I, I could, I could wax poetically about, about that series for like a long, long time. Right. Um, and, and, and never get tired of reading it or talking about it, but that's my favorite. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I have not read that yet. And, and just like you, I've, I grew up with Batman, um, more in the media than the comics. I've read mm-hmm. a, a few of the comics of Batman, but not nearly as enough, uh, as enough as like the other ones. Mm-hmm. And um, so I started getting to reading the Batman comics within the past couple of years. And I've read a, a lot of them. I've read, you know, year one. I've read The Long Halloween. Um, I just bought Hush because I've heard that was a really good one. So I'm planning mm-hmm. on reading that. But there's two that I really enjoy. I, I can't really choose between two right now beca- just because of a, a couple of reasons. I'll explain that here. Mm-hmm. Um, so before maybe this week, I would say that my favorite one is what we have talked about before is Scott Snyder's and Greg Capullo's Batman run of like the city of owls and court of owls, mm-hmm. that whole run just mm-hmm. because the story was written really well, where I feel like that version of Batman, we get a little bit of everything. That's great. Like not only do we get the dark broody Batman, but we also mm-hmm. get to see his intellect play out and we get to see him thinking through some things and kind of he's revealing. working to solve a, like solve a mystery. Yeah. Yes. And it's like, he's already had known about some of these things. And then he's just now revealing, you know, where he's, what he's done with that information. But we also mm-hmm. get like a really great sarcastic, dry sense of humor from him that we don't get to see that is like mm-hmm. really funny. And so it kind of makes it a little bit more human that, you know, he's a very serious person, but he also has like that side where he wants to have that relationship with other people by being able to relate to them in that way and not just always, you know, I'm out to, you know, get the criminals and that's it. And that's, you know, if it's not about that, then I'm not interested in that. Like it, it really gives like a more of a grounded humanistic side of him. I think the, the artwork by Greg Capullo is just fantastic as well too, because 
it does he does a lot of great things with the panels that when you watch when you look mm-hmm. at it from a page view and the panel view like it just does such a great job like juxtaposing things it, it's, uh, it's, th- it's very great it's it, i it's, think my i know what you're talking about my favorite thing i think is the get the hell out of my cave not well that's that it's, is a good one that's not the one yeah, i was thinking of this is the one where well uh, he does like the whole like splash page spread too of like what the what the bat cave looks like there's something that yes. just like looks like like it takes hours and hours yeah. and hours to do they just put so much detail into it yeah yeah because because when you see like an overview shot of the mm-hmm. bat cave like you see a lot of things in there that you know if you go back multiple times you would mm-hmm. find something that you didn't catch the first time like the easter eggs yeah yes yes like all the different kinds of vehicles he has in there and the different artifacts from the villains and things like that mm-hmm. Um, but no, this is more along the lines of like how he lined up some panels to where you see Batman like standing in front of um, a crime scene. Um, and so you kind of see his head at the bottom of the pa- of the, that panel. And then at the top of the panel below it, it lines up to kind of seem like it's a body, but it's two different scenes or shots that gotcha. you're looking at, you know. So, yeah, so that's been my favorite like run. Like that was one same thing. I couldn't put that down. Mm-hmm. Um, but this week I picked up Batman 89. Okay. And Batman 89 is like so great. The only, the only issue I've had with it is that the artwork, um, they changed Michael Keaton's Bruce Wayne's hair to be like really short on the sides and really curly on top, which is not mm-hmm. his look at all in the movies. And he has gray it looks like gray, like, you know, size, almost like Mr. Fantastic style. Gotcha. Um, so that that kind of threw me off a little bit and a couple other things. But, I mean, they're very minuscule. And I love the series because you kind of feel like you're exploring a world of the movie that you grew up with that you hadn't seen before. And we get to see more of Billy D. Williams, uh, Harvey Dent, and then we're also going to see Marlon Wayans' Robin that didn't make it into Batman Returns. Oh, very cool. Yeah, so I feel very like cool. we get to explore this world that was a possibility that we hadn't seen, and now we're going to be able to see in the comics. So I've been very excited about that. So for me, it's those two comics. So um, I will give one more uh, alternative or one more honorable mention, Yeah, and that is um, the Batman Earth 1. That is one I just bought as well too that I haven't read yet. So it's those those um and I have the first two of them. I think there's a third one out now. Yes. But Batman Earth One is a really, really succinct and tightly told um kind of like origin story and continuation of it. Mm-hmm. It's it's just a very, very good version. Like if you're familiar with Batman, it's gonna have a lot of hallmarks in it. Uh but but it's also a really, really good good story. Right. And I think all the Earth One stories, like the reason why I got Batman Earth One is because I read Superman Earth One and it was mm-hmm. so good. I'm like, I got to read and, the other ones. <laughs> and coincidentally enough, I have Superman Earth One yeah. and have not gotten around to read it. And I'm ashamed of myself to say that. It, it is really good. And I, I mean, honestly, I was talking to somebody about this on Twitter the other day. It's like, there's just so many comic stories now. It's hard to just keep up with mm-hmm. them. So it's just... I feel I don't feel bad as I used to anymore because I'm just like oh man I got to read that one and I'm like so behind but like the more I look into it it's just like there's so many stories that mm-hmm. I'm just like I I will get there in time and it's okay if I don't get there in time so all right so our Reddit audience um, here are some of their favorite comic stories that they shared with us so uh, this one is from uh, Twitter handle so Dallas Apollo S O D A L I S A-P-O-L-L-O. And this person said, Batman Holy Terror is their favorite comic story. It's a great Elseworlds story that's his favorite. Um, And it says that it's about Batman being born in 17th century England, where he's a priest and works alongside the church. um, And he really likes to cost him that story. So I'm like, I didn't know about that. So I'm like, I have to look that up. That sounds dope. (laughs) No, right? It's like, oh my gosh, I need to read that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this person said, uh, this person goes by Jedi. I asked what username they want us to say. He's, and this person said, just call me Jedi. Like, <laughs> I was like, all right, Jedi it is. So I love that. Jedi. Yeah. Uh, Broken Bat is their favorite story. It's the first time that they saw Batman truly defeated. Bane just outmatched him in every way, and it looked hopeless until Azrael took the mantle, developed claws, and ripped Bane a new hole. <laughs> 
Uh, let's see here. What else? Um, I think that actually might be it. Oh no, another one. We got another person that said uh, they enjoyed Court of Owls, which is what we talked about. So this person mm-hmm. goes by Small Fry Two Two One on Reddit. Uh, what a small fry! Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, they said they love the design of the court and the story is so interesting. So, and, mm-hmm. and again, we agree because that's why we said this is one of our favorites. So, uh, and I think that is, that is it. So, but yeah, so all those are really good and I definitely have to check out Holy Terror because that just sounds really interesting. So he's been around for 80 plus years at this point. Yep. So for somebody who has, um, ad- like adventures of like, you know, we're not just talking about. A, a book or a trilogy of stories. I mean, like Harry Potter's got what six six books, seven movies. There's yeah. some spinoffs. Seven Batman books, eight around. movies. Yeah, yeah, seven books, eight movies. Batman's literally been around for eighty years, mm-hmm. and there's just countless countless adventures to pull from. Yep. Um, and we we've shared our favorites, mm-hmm. but I mentioned earlier that we were going to do something a little bit a little bit fun on here, and uh, it's my. It's my theory that you can literally do Batman Mad Libs and create a really just great and powerful um, Batman story. So I've written a Batman story and I'm going to allow you to fill in all of the important um, like uh, keywords, plot points or whatnot. Right. And then I'm going to ask you for these words ahead of time and then I'm going to fill them in and I'm going to read the story to you. Are you ready for this? Let's do it. Batman Mad Libs. For the first for the first thing I need from you is I need a sea creature. A sea creature, like a an animal that comes from the ocean. The Kraken. Okay. Uh, I need a foreign country. Tanzania. I'm gonna look this up, but Tanzania might be landlocked, so I don't know if it's gonna make oh, Okay, so it's gotta be a No, no, no that's fine. It's okay. fine. That makes it funnier. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. A Batman villain. Any Batman villain. Uh, let's do, let's do, let's do condiment, man. <laughs> okay. Or is it condiment king? Condiment king. Okay, sure. Yeah. And, um, villain, num- I need another villain. Poison Ivy. And I need a name of a theme park. <laughs> a name of a theme park. Any theme park will do. Uh, let's do Cedar Point. In Sandusky, Ohio. <laughs> and then I need a carnival snack. some Something that you would buy at like a state fair. Caramel corn. I need a color. Green. And then I would need an absorbently large number. Just a huge number. 523,681,496 point. <laughs> nope. <laughs> no, I don't need a point. You already made that way more difficult than it needed to be. You said um, it in an absorbently large number. <laughs> your favorite your favorite soda. Canada Dry's Cranberry Ginger Ale. That's. I was hoping you would say Pepsi and make it easy on me. But <laughs> Okay. Uh, I need a number uh, between 10 and 25. 13. And then I need a Halloween costume that it would be scary to see a kid dressed as. Kevin McAllister from Home Alone. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I need a famous action movie star. Famous action movie star. Uh, mm-hmm. Jason Statham. I had a feeling you were going to say Jason really? Statham. I could have just <laughs> left that filled in. <laughs> He's okay, great at Transporter, a, man. <laughs> right? Transporter is so underrated. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to do a whole... Now we got to do a whole episode <laughs> dedicated to our love of the Transporter. Give me a, a, a big international city. Uh, Tokyo. And give me a body part. The index finger. I need the year, make, and model of your first car. Uh, I feel like that's a security question for... (laughs) (laughs) All right. So... I I will make one up. How's that sound? Okay. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Uh, 1975. Your your bank account is now empty. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Let's do 1975... Pontiac Trans Am. I need a type of stuffed animal. Just any any mammal that would be like a, like a like a children's toy. A dog. I need an office supply. A three-hole puncher. And then I need an article of clothing. A V-neck t-shirt. 
The last two things that I need are your favorite breakfast food. An egg and cheese omelet. And a fast food restaurant. Chick-fil-A. And we are ready. Are you ready to hear your personalized Mad Lib Batman story? Yes. <laughs> okay. Here we go. I'm going to set the mood. I'm going to get my voice all lower register. It was a dark and gloomy night in Gotham. It had rained earlier in the day, and the sour stench of rotting kraken corpses freshly delivered from a boat on a boat from Tanzania <laughs> lingered in the air above the docks in the harbor. <laughs> Batman wasn't there for the krakens, though. No. He lurked in the shadows, awaiting the arrival of the Condiment King. <laughs> he had deduced that the villain was plotting to team up with Poison Ivy to blow up a Cedar Point theme park that had just opened in town. This would thrust the city into anarchy and chaos when the only supply of caramel corn would dry up. This would allow the nefarious duo to replace the city's caramel corn with their own brand, laced with a neurotoxin known only as Green Worm Venom. This would ensure the people of Gotham became hooked on their product as they descended into madness and the evildoers could watch their bank accounts soar to $523,681,496. An oddly specific number. Batman knew the explosives would be disguised as Canada Dry Cranberry Ginger Ale cans being delivered to the amusement park via the harbor because this twisted tag team had a sick sense of humor when it came to pop. <laughs> Just as he was about to spring into action, he was surprised to see the arrival of 13 goons dressed as Kevin McAllister from Home Alone. <laughs> the Dark Knight was going to have to fight his way through this lot before he could even get to the villains or the bombs. I'm sorry, he sprung in, now, now I'm just thinking of Batman in Home Alone. <laughs> just beating the hell out of Kevin McAllister's. <laughs> He sprung into action by knocking out the lights with his batarang and then taking out the goons one by one using moves he learned from Jason Statham. <laughs> one move called the Tokyo Chop proved particularly effective as Batman decimated his opponents by thrusting his fist into their in index finger <laughs> with vengeful fury. <laughs> Just as he had rendered all the hired muscle incapacitated, but not dead, because remember, Batman doesn't kill, he <laughs> caught a glimpse of the villains attempting to flee in a 1975 Pontiac Trans Am. <laughs> not so fast, he quipped to himself, because they weren't close enough to hear, and although he thought the line was great, he felt stupid yelling it out. Before he knew it, they were driving at him full speed. With only a split second to think, he grabbed a soda bomb, and he hurled it at the vehicle careening towards him. As the car burst into flames, Batman dove into a shipment of stuffed dogs to shield himself from the blast. <laughs> he thought he would emerge from the pile victorious over his foes, but he was greeted with a swift punch to the jaw. <laughs> You'll have to do better than that, exclaimed Poison Ivy. Yes, lucky for us, those soda bombs were really soft drinks, cackled the Condiment King. <laughs> Disoriented. <laughs> Some dad humor. <laughs> so bad, yeah. <laughs> Disoriented, the Cape Crusader reached into his utility belt for a weapon, but the only equipment that remained was a three-hole punch. <laughs> Forced to improvise, he used what he had to charge the villains. With the swiftest of blows, he staggered the Condiment King just as Poison Ivy was leaping to attack. Batman was able to counter that attack by grabbing the villain by her V-neck t-shirt and flinging her into the still wobbly partner of crime. The crash of bodies sent both criminals into a pile of aches and groans as Batman stood over them victorious. Seems like your soda pop plot fizzled. Nobody threatens Gotham on my watch. Later, Bruce Wayne sat in the Batcave after a long night of fighting crime and contemplated his needless use of hokey puns as he ate an egg and cheese omelet that he had picked up in the Chick-fil-A drive-thru on his way home. His cape still smelled of dead krakens. <laughs> nice. I think we have a Academy Award-winning script right there. That's a that's a that's a, we could pitch that tomorrow. Right. We could at least get an episode of Harley Quinn out of that. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> Especially since Poison Ivy and Condiment King are in there. <laughs> there you go. It's built in. Yep. So now you know the secret to writing like really good, successful comic stories. Now I say that having never actually written a successful comic story, <laughs> I just, in my brain, right. that's how it works. Right. Nice. So, 
awesome. And you know what? I love Batman, and I wanted to do him justice, so that was what that was what I came up with. Yep. So there you go. Hey, that's going to do it for another episode of The Caption Life. We hope you stuck around for the end of that because I think that's probably the funniest part. <laughs> um, we hope you enjoyed listening to us. Don't forget to smash that subscribe button on whatever major podcast platform you listen to us on. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Caption Life. Uh, and if you like what we're doing, give us a shout out. Tag us in your posts. Please, we'd love to hear from you. We love... I don't want to say we have fans, but there are definitely some people who like us and interact with us. So for more, so do that. We love that. <laughs> for more info about us and all of our previous episodes, please visit thecaptionlife.com. Until next time, I guess same bat time, same bat channel. Same shark repellent. I'm Batman. <laughs> <laughs>